<clears throat> this is the Jay Helvey Show podcast on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in. Talking World Series tonight. Game six. Red Sox lead three to two. Some more uh, top stories in the around sports uh, today. That the Lakers are in for a uh, disaster of a year, basically. And uh, not going to be a Laker year, not going to be a playoff year. It's going to be rough. It's going to be a struggle. Who knows when Kobe's coming back? Even if he does, he's not healthy. He's not 100%. He's not going to be 100% for the rest of his career. He's 35 years old. And the Lakers want to re-sign him. And they say that's their priority, their number one priority. And that's absurd. For the Lakers to think that Kobe Bryant is their number one priority is, is ridiculous. It's unbelievable. The direction of that team, if that's their number one priority, is just so south. It, it's it's, it's mind-blowing. So, yeah, Kobe Bryant. And, and no one wants to play with him. No one wants to play with Kobe Bryant. He's not a, a, a guy that stars want to come and play with because... He doesn't. He doesn't distribute. No one wants to play with Kobe. No one wants to play with Melo. It's it's guys like LeBron and Chris Paul. Those guys they want to play with. People want to play with because they distribute. They win, and they win. They win championships. LeBron. So, Nick Foles gets the start on Sunday for the Eagles. Not Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley has been just just terrible. Just terrible. And this is a guy who was going to be a, t- a, round, a first round pick back in, um, what was the year? Uh, whatever uh, year, I believe it was 2011. Had that great year. First round pick, they were talking. Right after, right after RG3. Yeah. Close call there. Good thing he came back. Uh, Sidney Rice, ACL injuries out for the year, and that's a. I don't want to say that's a huge blow for Seattle. He hasn't been much of a you know, playmaker. It's mostly been Golden Tate, which is surprising. And they get Percy Harvin back, so that's that's huge for uh, Seattle. So I don't think there's much. Um, I don't think there's much of anything there. So let's talk World Series tonight. We got the Red Sox and we got the Cardinals. Game six, Red Sox lead three to two. They won two straight. This tonight could be one of two things. It could be one history for the Red Sox, as they have not won a World Series in Boston in the stadium in Fenway Park since Woodrow Wilson was in the White House. That's a long time. Over a hundred years. So that's huge for Boston. If you don't remember, back in 04, they swept the Cardinals, won in St. Louis. In 2007, they swept the Rockies, won in uh, Colorado. 
So they have not won a World Series in their stadium in uh, quite a while. So that that's huge for them. Another thing that happened is we could see another St. Louis miracle or just, you know, resilience. Back in 2011, down 3-2 in the series, at home now. One strike away, twice, they win. And that's that's what people expect to see tonight. Don't expect that. Uh, I'm not saying don't expect the Cardinals not to win. But don't expect that. Don't expect, like, I don't know, bottom of the, uh, top of the night, you know, Red Sox, one strike away, no one on base, and then someone hits a home run to, to tie. That's not going to happen, probably. I could be wrong. I kind of hope I'm wrong. I kind of want to see that. I uh, I grew up a Cardinals fan, and I'm not I'm not going to be so bummed out if they lose. But I'm not going to I'm not going to celebrate like crazy if they win either. You know I'm not that baseball fan. You know Cardinals fans aren't those kind of baseball fans. Boston fans are. <laughs> if they lose tonight, they lose Game Seven. They're going to be riots in the street. That's Boston. That's the Red Sox. If they win tonight, they'll probably will still be riots in the street. That's just the way it is. That is just that's just Boston. Uh, pitching though, tonight you got Lackey, you got you got Waka. Waka has been the man. All right, he's been the man. For a rookie, it's 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 remarkable. It's unbelievable that the Cardinals get these young pitchers, Wainwright, Waka, even Joe Kelly, Shelby Miller. They're all good pitchers. Waka and Wainwright being the two best, they pretty much have two aces, Waka and Wainwright. But Joe Kelly can he can pitch it. But you see how crazy this series has been coming down to pitches, pitchers, and David Ortiz. That's that's the story of this World Series. They both pitched great. The Red Sox aren't hitting well. Neither team is hitting well. Red Sox hitting 208. They just have the X factor in Big Poppy. He's hitting 800. The Cardinals, I don't know. I don't know. I've watched it. I don't know. I really don't. What is up with... I mean, I guess David Ortiz is just getting inside their minds. I don't know. Because he just keeps on doing it. It's... It's... It's great. It's great for baseball. It's great for Boston. He's 37 years old, and he's... Just dominating. He's dominating. That's what he's doing. Absolutely just hammering the ball. Every time he gets up. That's Ortiz, man. That's just the way he is. Alright, talking... Switching over to college football. Now... 
All right, the last year of the BCS could have a last year of controversy. Unfortunately, I think that's what's going to happen. And that would be that would be so fitting to have the BCS ends to have one more year of controversy. We haven't really had it the last couple of years. The last 3 years we really or I don't say 4 years. The last 4 years we really haven't had any controversy. But this year could be very different. And I don't want to hear that that one year of Auburn and Oregon. What about TCU? What about TCU? Who, who did they play all year that, was, that, that you could say was good? Uh, give me a break on the TCU thing. That's not controversy. That's not controversy. That's just a, a team that doesn't play anybody, winning every game, and playing in the Rose Bowl, and finally playing a game against a, a pretty okay, pretty good Wisconsin team, but not great. The Big Ten isn't great. I'd argue the Big Ten isn't good. But going back to that year, TCU. All right, TCU played Oregon State, who didn't make a bowl game that year, Tennessee Tech, Baylor, SMU, Colorado State, Wyoming, BYU, Air Force, UNLV, uh, at the time, sixth-ranked Utah team, who I don't even know what to call that team because they're not good at all. That team finished the year not ranked in the AP, so... San Diego State, New Mexico, and Wisconsin. That's not controversy, people. That was the right BCS National Championship. Auburn and Oregon. Going back. This year, you have Auburn. I'm sorry, you have Alabama. You got Oregon. You got Florida State. And you got Ohio State. Baylor and Miami, they're not going to go undefeated. Those four teams... Most likely, I think, will go undefeated. I don't think Ohio State's going to lose a game. I think Oregon's going to beat Sanford, and I think they're going to win the Pac-12 probably against UCLA. I think Florida State, there's nothing else really standing in their way. Miami's not that good. Folks, Miami is not that good. They just had two scares. Two big scares. One of them was Wake Forest, and then North Carolina. They're... There's nothing really special about Miami. They're about a year away. I'll give them that. I think they're going to win 10 games. But that's it. Baylor. Baylor's just... Baylor's just Baylor. I don't know what else to call them. I know they're 7-0. That's great. I know they're showing like 70 points a game. That's great. But they, the best team they played was West Virginia, and they put up 42 on them. West Virginia put up 42 on Baylor. Baylor's got a tough stretch coming up. Got number 10 Oklahoma, number 15 Texas Tech, number 18 Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State being on the road. They're going to slip up in one of those games. 
That's just what's, that's just going to happen. There's no way Baylor goes undefeated. Miami's going to lose to Florida State probably twice. Who else is undefeated? We got, okay, Northern Illinois and Fresno State. Don't count them. That's it. You got four teams. We got four teams. We're down to four. That's the one thing about the BCS is pretty much every week's a playoff, and you have to pretty much go undefeated. If you don't go undefeated and you slip up, you got to pray that one of these teams loses. That's what Alabama and Georgia did last year. They're like, they crossed their fingers and said, please lose. And did it work? Wow. That one night, I think uh, Baylor beat Kansas State, and Oregon lost to Stanford. And that, that be created an uh, SEC championship final four, whatever. <sighs> but right now, really to me, the three teams that stand out is Alabama, Oregon, Florida State, as those teams that no one else has beaten. Folks, no one else is going to beat those teams. I could be wrong, and I, and Stanford could beat Oregon. But Stanford lost to Utah, and I just don't think they can beat Oregon. I think Oregon's offense is just too fast. I really, I just think it's just too... They're too physically physically fit and too fast for teams to just slow, slow them down all game. You saw UCLA. They were able to hold them uh, for some of the game, and then it just exploded. Because they're so fit, they can they can do this all game. That's what makes them so tough to beat. And that's why I think if it's Alabama and Oregon, I think Oregon wins. I think if it's Alabama, Florida State, I think Alabama wins. I think <laughs> the teams are very, very, very good. I'm not saying Oregon is absolutely the best team. I just think the matchup. I don't think, I don't think Oregon's offense can be slowed down. I know Alabama has looked at it as the best team. No one else can beat them. But that's so, that's so not true. It's so, that's so not true. I'm just waiting for Alabama to be scared. To get us scared. To get us scared. Get 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 scared. I think they're going to give him a scare. scare. I don't think LSU's going to win. And then, uh, and then they got Auburn. I think Auburn might be able to give him a scare. And they're at Auburn. I don't like saying that this Alabama team is so good that no one can beat them. And that's just not true. I know they look, they look great. They do. But no one, I, I just don't believe in these these kind of teams that just win every every year. I don't, I don't, I just don't believe that. I think some team is going to give them a scare. I'm not, I believe for certain they're going undefeated. No one in the East is going to challenge them. I don't even know who's coming out of the East. There's three teams now: there's Florida, Georgia, and Missouri. Missouri looked like they could go undefeated and have a top five matchup. In the SEC Championship, again. But that's not going to happen because they slipped up bad. They just let it go against South Carolina. They had them beat. They just let it get ugly. They, they forced a game that shouldn't have been that close and should not have gone in overtime. And that's just the, the, the inexperience of being in the spotlight. And that's not their fault. But it happened. Florida State. Jameis Winston. 
is going to be the number one pick in the draft next year. Uh, I believe it's the 2015 draft is when he'll be number one pick. He is a stud. However, should they get matched up against Alabama, that defense is going to give him something he's never seen. He hasn't seen yet. And that's trouble. They've rolled over teams. They've rolled over teams. And I really was hoping they wouldn't do that to Clemson. But they did. And I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. I don't think rolling over teams all year is necessarily a good thing. Because what happens when you're caught in a close game? Say you roll over every team all year. Say you get to the last game of the season. I'm talking we could get to the last game of the season, the bowl game, the, the conference championship. doesn't matter. You, the, 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 the moral of the story is you haven't had a close game all year. What happens when you get a close game? You have not been in this situation before. You're going to be nervous. You're going to ask, why aren't we up by 50? And I, I'm, I'm taking the other team in that situation. If you're not experienced in, in clutch time. I haven't seen Jameis Winston in clutch time. No one has. What's he like? We don't know. Will we know? Probably not. This whole season. Until the very end. Because there's not a team left that's going to challenge them. They're going to beat Miami by 30. Then they got Wake Forest, Syracuse, Idaho, and Florida. Florida is just bad. They're, they're just bad. Their defense isn't as good as we thought. Their offense can't put up points. They're just bad. <sighs> Probably play Miami again. In the conference championship. Maybe Virginia Tech. Doesn't matter. They're going to roll over any of those teams. What happens if... That's why I'm going to take Alabama. If they play Alabama. What happens when... That's going to be a close game, probably. Uh, Florida State ain't rolling over them. Vice versa. Alabama ain't rolling over them. Those two teams are so good. It's going to be close. And I'm going to take Alabama. A.J. McCarron's been in this situation many times. I mean, many times. He lost one. And that was that was a good thing. When they lost to Texas A&M and he threw that pick in the, uh, in the end zone, that was the best thing that could have happened to him. Failure creates success. Look what happened. They won the national championship. They played George down to the wire and beat him. And then they rolled over Notre Dame. Failure makes success. When you have mistakes like Alabama did against A&M, you get better. Florida State hasn't had these. And I think that's, that's a bad thing. That can be a bad thing. It might not be a bad thing, but it, it, I think it's a bad thing. And I think if they play Alabama, they're going to lose. If they play Oregon... Probably going to lose. They've got to get... I'm telling you, if this Miami game is close and they win, they pull it out, then I'm going to change it a little bit. But I still think 
Alabama, Florida State, that would be an Alabama win if it's close. I think Jameis Winston, if he had the ball down by three with a minute to go, throw a pick. I do. I do. I believe it. And I would not be surprised if he did. A.J. McCarron, minute to go, down by three. He might even put it in the end zone. Because he, he's been there. Been there, he's done that. He did it against LSU. Close game. I'm not, I'm sorry, not LSU. Uh, yes, LSU. LSU last year. Drove him down the field, scored. Georgia threw that go-ahead touchdown to Yellen. Oh, I'm sorry, Amari Cooper. He's been there. He's done that. The experience of Alabama is going to beat Florida State. However, the Alabama-Oregon matchup, very different. Very different. You got two teams, very different teams. And don't expect the Auburn-Oregon game like that. That's not what that's going to be like. There's no Cam Newton out there. This is a totally different team. There's no spread on Alabama. They don't do that. They play hard-nosed, I'm-going-to-run-it-down-your-throat football, and Oregon plays catch-me-if-you-can football. Where we don't huddle, and we just run. And that is the kind of offense Nick Saban hates prepping for. He hates it. He says it's dangerous for the players. And he says that <laughs> because he's, he hates it. He's scared of it. He's, he hates planning for it. That's, what I, that's why I think Oregon, Oregon would win that game. I think Oregon would beat Alabama. And that is the matchup right now. Should everything end, that's what, that's what it would be. And I would have no problem with it. This is the kind of things that the committees next year are going to be looking at. Which teams could is the better matchup? Right now, it's, it'd be easy. you got four teams already. You got four teams already. It'd be perfect. But it's next year, unfortunately. So we got to pick two teams again. Do I agree with Florida State jumping Oregon? I'm sorry, Oregon jumping Florida State? No. But that's just the way it is. Oregon blew out UCLA. Florida State blew out NC State. You got to put Oregon in front of them. Now, I got a lot of questions coming in. Hey, if Florida State blows out Miami, number seven, no, I don't think they should jump Oregon because uh, Miami arguably should have lost <laughs> to North Carolina and Wake Forest. That's just Wake Forest at home. The thing with Miami is they can play good defense sometimes, and they can't play good offense most of the time. And that's that's why I, I really wish they weren't undefeated. 
but they are, and they are going to get smoked by Florida State. They are. I really wish Florida State would play Virginia Tech this year, but they don't. And uh, Miami's got two tough back-to-back weeks. They got Florida State, Virginia Tech, and that Virginia Tech game is going to decide who goes and plays in Charlotte. Virginia Tech just got off a loss from Duke. I don't know what the ACC is. I know there's there's one team that stands above the rest. Then you got Clemson, and you got Miami, and you got Virginia Tech, and then everybody else. And the SEC, honestly, is not that much different. That's I don't understand when people say SEC is the best conference. Yeah, it, it is. But it's so much closer than it has been for the last couple of years. It's so much closer. You got, in every conference, every good conference, you got one dominant team, Alabama. Then you got your teams that are under that. You got LSU, you got Texas A&M. Throw Georgia, I guess, in there. A healthy Georgia. South Carolina. You got your Florida. That's your, uh... You got all those teams. Then you got everybody else. Pac-12. You got Oregon. It's a standout dominant team. Got your Stanford, UCLA. Oregon State's playing good ball. Then you got everybody else. The only, the only conference I wouldn't put there is the Big Ten. Because they're just terrible. You got Ohio State and you got everybody else. That's, that's the Big Ten. Yeah, right. So, and I don't even think Ohio State is any good. I think if Ohio State matched up against, you know, Auburn, LSU, or I'm sorry, Alabama, Oregon, Florida State, they get, they get, they would get dominated. They would get destroyed. Stanford would destroy them. Clemson was destroyed. Missouri could beat Ohio State. I think. I think Auburn could beat Ohio State. I don't think Ohio State's any good. And they're not gonna they're probably gonna go undefeated. Alright, look at their last their last bit of their schedule. Purdue, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan. Are you kidding me? The toughest team they've played so far is Northwestern, who's lost four straight. And that was close. They beat Wisconsin by seven at home. Wisconsin lost to Arizona State. I don't get it. They were in a close game with Buffalo. Who Do you remember that? They were in a close game with Buffalo the first game of the season. Look at these teams they're playing. Ohio State doesn't deserve being the top five. The first four games of the season... Are you kidding me? You know, you know what, team? You need to get on the phone and you need to schedule somebody. 
Buffalo, San Diego State, California, Florida a and not going to get it done next year. Beginning next year, that schedule, that ain't going to get it done. That ain't going to get it done. I'd put Sanford in for them. Oh, yeah, I'd put Sanford in for them in a heartbeat. I'd pick, okay, if the season ended and Alabama, Oregon, L- um, Florida State, and Ohio State all went undefeated, I would put Ohio State in there. I'd put the next best number one uh, one loss team in there because that, that is a disgraceful schedule to me. They need to get on the phone and they need to schedule somebody beginning next year. That's not going to get it done. Buffalo, San Diego State, Cal, Florida A&M. That's unbelievable. Alabama, they got on the phone. They're in the SEC. They don't need to get on the phone. But they did, and they played Virginia Tech. Play somebody. Play somebody. Buffalo's not a somebody. San Diego State's not a somebody. They're not anybody. They lost to Eastern Illinois at home by a lot. That's not anybody. Oregon gets on the phone. They schedule away games against Virginia and a home game against Tennessee. It's not great, but it's, it's not Florida A&M. It's not Florida A&M. Florida State, I have to say, should have done a better job. These teams got to stop scheduling these cupcakers. That's not going to work next year. This college football playoff is going to change college football for the better. No more cupcakes. No more Eastern Illinois. No more Coastal Carolinas. No more Florida A&Ms. You call these teams and you cancel these games. I know it helps their programs. But really, Appalachian State, if that if that is your best non-conference game, say your best non-conference game is San Diego State, and you go undefeated, I'd argue you should not be put in the Final Four, the playoff. And that is, that's what's going to happen. There's no computer polls anymore. That gives you points for going undefeated. That's not, that's gone. That's gone. There's no more of that. Computer polls are are disgraceful anyway. I mean, you tell me you got one third of our polls that aren't decided by humans? I'll tell you what, (laughs) I remember being a kid and watching Oklahoma versus LSU and asking, hey, Dad, how did Oklahoma lose their conference championship game and get into the national championship? And USC is playing in the Rose Bowl. I'm a a kid. I, I was eight years old. How is that okay? The BCS, good riddance, you know, good riddance. Unbelievable. 
All right, we're going to take a quick break. Coming up, I'm going to talk about Falcons football and some more NFL news and my predictions for games this weekend. Uh, my top five picks in college football. And that is next as you're listening to the Jay Helvey Show podcast on iTunes. Check us out on Twitter at Jay Helvey Sports. football. It's been a tough year so far for Atlanta fans. I know it. I've seen it. I've, uh, I felt the pain. I felt the pain. It's, it's rough. It's a rough year. Two and five is obviously not what we want in Atlanta. And we have not been accustomed to this for, um, since 2007, I, I believe. It's been, it's been horrible. Last year we won 13 games. This year, I don't know if we're going to win six, man. Uh, there's just, uh, there's so many problems. There's not one thing to point to. Like on most teams, you got Seattle. He, he, there's one thing you're pointing at, and that's offensive line. Everything else is pretty much good. Atlanta, uh, there's so many things pointing at. And it's too much. We're not making the playoffs. I don't know. We're not going 500. I think we're going to go 7-9. I do. I think that's that's what we're looking at here. And that's really generous. That's very generous. The, okay. You got the defense. No pass rush. That's the main concern. I think that's just... That's so vital today in the NFL. It's a pass rush. With a pass rush, you're putting the opposing quarterback in an uncomfortable situation where he's going to throw the ball and make mistakes. Atlanta, they're not getting a pass rush. They're not getting a pass rush. And that's allowing these quarterbacks to sit in the pocket and literally just pick out the wide receiver. Our corners are doing, I think, a good job this year. I really do. I think Atlanta's corners are playing good. And they're good enough. That if we had a pass rush, this defense could be pretty good. You saw it early in the Arizona game. They got a little bit of pressure on Carson Palmer. That little bit of pressure allowed Asante Samuel an interception. After that, nothing. Nothing. And they and they, they put up 27 points. And uh, I'm telling you what, they had a pass rush. They came, They brought it. They brought it with a guy who we let go. Atlanta letting go. John Abraham, the, our leading sack, who led our team in sacks last year, is playing for the other team, and he and he got to Matt Ryan. They all did. They all got to Matt Ryan. By the way, the one of the problems is not Matt Ryan. I've been hearing this all over sports radio. Matt Ryan is not the issue here. Not not even close. Not even close. Yes, injuries are huge. But guys got to be able to step up a little bit. I know there's no lack of effort out there. 
There just might be a little bit of lack of direction. I think it starts with the offensive line up front. They're not blocking well. That's not allowed a running game. Matt Ryan can't throw because he's under duress. It's so many issues. Without that, without that offensive line, there's no running game that can be established. Which, which really, just Atlanta. Other than last year, that's how they've thrived with a running game and setting up the play action. But now. With Julio out for the year, and who knows when Roddy White's going to be healthy again, we got to establish a running game. I mean, I mean, like like Atlanta did in two thousand eight. That kind of running game, because his offensive line isn't going to be able to protect Matt Ryan, like they did last year. They did a great job protecting him last year. Not this year. Not even close. Not even close. So, they've got to find a way to establish a running game with Steven Jackson now that he is back. It's time to just pound the football and take this thing one game at a time. One game at a time, we got Carolina, who's playing really good football. Really good. They're, they're, they've turned that thing around. That's going to be tough. The rest of these games are going to be tough. Then they got Seattle. It's not getting any easier for Atlanta. I think the last easy game is Tampa Bay. And that's not even home. So who knows? It's, it's, it's been a rough year for Atlanta and Georgia. UG, Bulldogs. It's been rough. I mean, these two teams are almost identical. This, the problems they've been having are almost identical. Except the only thing is Georgia's record's better. But in college football... Three losses is about, like, five losses in the NFL. It's about like that. So, these two teams, it's unbelievable how identical they are. So. Um, Georgia, you got a good quarterback. The only, the only difference is Georgia's got a good offensive line. That's the only real difference. Uh, there's no there's no really... The only difference between these two quarterbacks is Aaron Murray can't really make the players around him as good as Matt Ryan can. They protected Matt Ryan well against Tampa Bay, and he only incompleted six passes to... So that, that's the difference between those two guys. I, th- I thought Aaron Murray could be able to, you know, make the players around him better. He uh, hasn't at all, really, especially against Vanderbilt. But there's not much to work with. That's I, You can't really put that on Aaron Murray. Now they're getting Gurley back and Bennett back. This this Georgia team should, should close out pretty strong. The only thing is the defense needs to step up a little bit more. Actually, a lot of bit more. The defense has been uh, atrocious this year. Horrible. There hasn't been a game where teams haven't scored 20, 20 or more. Isn't that unbelievable? They haven't had a game where, where a team has scored less than 21. North Texas put up 21. That's the lowest score Georgia's defense is allowed. Uh, it's like every game they're letting teams put up 40. And... That would not be such a problem if Georgia didn't have so many injuries on offense. 
You saw it against Missouri. They couldn't keep up. Against LSU, they could because they had so many uh, offensive weapons. But with uh, Scott Wesley going down, Gurley going down, Marshall going down, Bennett going down, now Conley's banged up, this is horrible. It's a nightmare for Mark Richt. It's a nightmare. That Tennessee game was like a, a really bad dream that you just wanted to wake up. But it was real. And let me tell you, it was devastating. And um, I knew it right there. I knew it right there. When those two, when those three guys went down in that game, I'm like, this is bad. Uh, Georgia was deep at receiver. But they lost Mitchell. And I didn't think that was a huge deal. That Tennessee game... That was a big. That's huge. That's huge. That's three. That's three stars. Those aren't just regular players. Those are stars. Difference makers, guys who can change outcomes of games. Scott Wesley scored the game-winning touchdown against LSU. He scored a big stamp touchdown against South Carolina. Keith Marshall was the guy we're relying on. While Gurley gets healthy, he went down. Out for the year. Had to rely on two freshmen who made, who one of which, Brandon Douglas, made a huge mistake. Two. One against Missouri and one against Vanderbilt. Fumbles. It's next year, ladies and gentlemen. Next year is George's year. After that Tennessee game, I was preaching that. And no one believed me. I had guys going, you're crazy. You're not a real Georgia fan. Oh, I am. I'm also a guy who understands the game and am not getting caught up in being a fan and thinking, we're, we're not going to lose Georgia, ladies and gentlemen. I knew it was going to be a loss to Missouri by double digits. I told everybody, guys, don't be surprised when we lose by 20, double digits. And then when we played Vanderbilt, I said, guys, I'm serious. I think Vanderbilt can beat us. They did. They beat us. Um, bad. I know the score wasn't far apart, but, man, Georgia was up 27-14 to 14 in the fourth quarter. The offensive, I don't, it's, it, yeah, this, some of this goes on the defense, but some of it also goes on the offensive play calling. Because that was some of the worst play calling I've ever seen Bobo call. And there's been some bad ones. He was calling scared. He was calling scared. That's that's why we lost. That's why Georgia lost to Vanderbilt. And that's the sad, unfortunate part. There's three losses with this team. They play Florida. Now that we have Gurley and Bennett back, we're going to be able to put up more points. They're going to be able to put up more points. And I know we've shifted from from Falcons to Georgia, but it's just so similar teams. You know, (laughs) there's not really one way to look at each. I'm, I'm pretty much preaching the Falcons as much as I'm preaching about Georgia. 
the, 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 the teams, the problems, everything identical almost. The only difference is the offensive line. That's it. That's it. Georgia can't pressure quarterbacks. Their corners are young, inexperienced guys who really aren't playing very well. I think Atlanta's corners, they're playing they're playing well enough. Let's put it that way in the NFL today. They're playing well enough. Which back which back then is not very good, but today it is because the passing is just unbelievable. So it's just so many issues. Not just on offense. We thought OCU Menorah was going to be the guy. And so far, not at all. He's had his moments. He had that touchdown. But he hasn't been consistent. Not consistent enough. I mean, you got to get pressure on these guys, these quarterbacks. It ain't getting any easier. Cam Newton, you got to get pressure on that guy. And you got to get him. You got to wrap your arms around him and pull him down because he will run and he will burn teams. He burned us last year. He will burn teams with his legs. People, I don't think anybody's forgetting about that, but he can burn you on offense. And then Seattle, a team that probably should have beat Atlanta in the playoffs last year. A game where Atlanta just lets it go. Don't expect that this time. Don't expect Atlanta to jump out to a big lead. Don't expect Atlanta to jump out to a lead. That game's going to probably be low scoring. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. And I think it's going to be close. I don't think Seattle's going to go in there and beat us up. Not at all. Not at all. You saw it against the Rams. They can't put up points with that offensive line. That's why Atlanta... Needs to get pressure on Russell Wilson. And they need to get to him, too. I don't think that's going to be much of an issue. Because he even told reporters, coaches have told me to get down and not scramble. So I think Atlanta has a good chance of stopping him from doing that. Unfortunately, they're probably going to have Percy Harvin back. Unfortunately for Atlanta, they're going to have, probably have Percy Harvin back, which which is big. Without Percy Harvin, here's the difference, I think. Here's right here. Prediction before Percy Harvin, Atlanta wins close. Prediction after, Seattle wins close. That's the difference. I think Percy Harvin's that guy. If he plays the whole game and he makes an impact, Seattle wins. If Atlanta can do some defense, some shutdown defense, they will. They can win. The offense isn't so bad to where we literally can't put up points. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. They got Harry Douglas. He can make plays. You know, we still got Steven Jackson and Quiz. They can make plays. And this rookie... Davis, he can make plays. Drew Davis, he can. Roddy White will be back. 
So I don't want to say the season's loss, even though I did. I know 7-9 is my prediction. I'm just looking at it as, all right, jar half full. Atlanta takes it one game at a time, like the Redskins did last year. The Redskins started out 3-6, and six, won seven straight. They took it one game at a time. And they found themselves division champs and in the playoffs. Atlanta is not winning the division. So if we can look at it something like that, that's different. That's different. I think goal here is 10 wins to make the playoffs. I don't think 9 is going to get you in. Not this year. I think I think 9 games is too much to ask for. I think 9 games ever, anytime, is too much to ask for. I think 10 games... Is where you can you can make the playoffs. Atlanta's playoff chances I'm putting at thirty percent, which is probably too high. But you never know in this league. Take it one game at a time. You never know what's going to happen. Looking at the rest of the schedule this year, it's it's pretty tough. For the most part, Atlanta can only really afford one more loss. So it's a stretch. It's a big stretch. They got Carolina, which is going to be extremely difficult. Home against Seattle, that's extremely difficult. That's one of the best teams in the league. Next to Denver, I believe, or Kansas City. At Tampa Bay, that's a very winnable game. Home against New Orleans. That's an interesting game. I think New Orleans, there's some kind of flaw there I can't point out, but I don't... Atlanta, we'll see when that game happens. I'd like to wait and see that game. At Buffalo, uh, that's going to depend on whether E.J. Manuel's playing, even if, you know, I don't think he's going to be that difference maker, but he's going to definitely be... A guy. You know, we can't look past these rookie quarterbacks, especially Atlanta. Geno Smith tore them apart. Something I was watching and couldn't even believe it. I could not believe that kid was tearing Atlanta's defense up. So, if, if EJ Manuels, if anybody, you know, this guy, Bad Lewis, is playing pretty well himself. We'll see when that game happens. Dak Green Bay, man, I think that's that's going to be the game. I don't know. If Atlanta can win the rest of these games and they get to Green Bay, that's a game they can't lose. That's a must win at that point. Because I think the only game... If they do pull this off, which I don't think they're going to, if they do, there is about five teams... That can easily beat them. And that is not good. I mean, easily beat them. Seattle, New Orleans, Green Bay, San Francisco, Carolina twice. I think Carolina's very good. I do. I think the defense is getting really good. And Cam Newton's starting to play at a really high level that everyone expected him to. I think Carolina is going to make a playoff run. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. 
Atlanta season this year, horrible. Two and five is not good. But these kind of seasons happen. They just do. Okay, NFL picks this week. There are a lot of good matchups. A lot of good matchups this week. Uh, let's start with Bengals and Miami. Cincinnati and Miami. Andy Dalton is playing unbelievable. Uh, I expect Cincinnati to come my way with that, even though they are on the road. All right. Kansas City and Buffalo. This is a trap game, I think, for Kansas City. They're on the road. I don't think Buffalo is as bad as everyone says. They really look. I don't know. I think Kansas City comes away with it, but uh, I think it's close. Vikings, Packers, um, sorry, Vikings, Cowboys. Alright, the Cowboys have had some tough, tough losses this year. And, and for people to say, you know, they're not getting it done. They're just losing in close games, folks. It happens. It happens to every team. They lose close. That Lions game, uh, what are you going to say? The Cowboys lost it? No, the Lions won it. The, Matthew Stafford made a great play, and instead of spiking the ball, he jumped over the pylon. Cowboys, Cowboys played, that was a great game. Okay, same with the Denver game. You know, they didn't lose it. Denver won it. Let's keep that in mind. I got Cowboys in this game big. Titans Rams. Interesting matchup. Titans are still, you know, in playoff contention for the most part. The Rams, they're done. They've lost Sam Bradford. I, that was their last, I guess, string of hope. Wasn't a big string. But Kellen Clemens, I'd take, I'd take uh, Bradford over Kellen Clemens every day of the week. Uh, I'm taking the Titans in this one. Saints-Jets. All right, the Jets at home have been playing pretty good. They got blown out by Cincinnati last week. Don't expect that this week. They're going to bounce back. I got the Jets in this one. I got the Jets at home over the Saints. Upset pick. All right, Chargers, Redskins. It looked like the Redskins were getting things back on track. Then they ran into a wall that was called the Denver Broncos. Uh, I got the Chargers in this one. I think the Redskins are just... They're just too inconsistent. That's a fact. That's just they're too inconsistent. They're two and five. They're not very good. RG three is getting just drilled, and he is getting beat up, and it's just bad. And that Denver game, he they can't have that. They got to fix that. He's gonna get hurt again. All right, I got the Chargers over the Redskins in that one. All right, Falcons Panthers talking about this. Uh. Falcons are 0-3 on the road this year. Uh, their two lone wins were against St. Louis and Tampa Bay, so there's nothing shocking with that one. Falcons need a, they need a big win. They do. I got Atlanta in this one, but I think it's very, very close. Eagles, Raiders. All right, the Raiders. They're playing decent football, I think. I think Terrell Pryor 
is special. I do. I think he's, he's obviously the only playmaker the Raiders pretty much have. You saw it last week with that 90-yard touchdown run. He's he's a he's a special kid. Uh, I got the Raiders in this one. I think the Philadelphia is just they're just in too much injury trouble. And Nick Foles is not the kind of guy to run that option offense. I think he's a good quarterback. I do. Not in that offense. Against against Tampa Bay, he was good in that offense, but not against a decent team like the Raiders. All right, all right, here we go. I got the Raiders in that one, by the way. Uh, Buccaneers, Seahawks. Uh, I don't need to go over this one. Seattle wins that one big at home. Ravens, Browns. This is also an interesting game. The Ravens have been really disappointing. But it wasn't really unseen. They gave away a lot of players and left Flacco with not a lot of options out there. And Ray Rice has just been atrocious this year. I got the Browns in this one, folks. I got I got the Browns in this one. I think uh I think uh the Browns are playing well enough on defense. I don't think the Ravens are gonna be able to score many points. So I got the Browns in that one. I think the Browns can score some. Alright, Pittsburgh and, and New England. New England has been such a shock this year. Uh Pretty much no offensive weapons at all. Yet they're six and two. They're obviously playing really good defense, and they're doing just enough on offense to get it done. Uh, I think they continue that this week. They go seven and two. I think they're going to beat Pittsburgh. They're at home. So I got Patriots in that one. All right, Colts Texans Sunday night. Case Keenum gets prime time. I can't wait to watch this kid. I think there's something about him. I, I really do think there's something about him. This is a divisional matchup in prime time. I think Case Keenum is he, hes going to do something. I don't know what. I can't really say what. But you'll see it Sunday night. And when he does it, we're going to talk about it. I got the Texans in this one. Upset pick over the Colts. I think Case Keenum blows the doors, blow the doors off. And busts out. I think he had a great game against Kansas City. I know they lost. I know he had a couple turnovers. But I think there's something about this kid. Something that was overlooked. I remember watching him at Houston in college. And I said, why isn't this guy, a guy who can throw 700 yards in a game, how is this guy not a top pick? Or at least a pick. He wasn't drafted. So that's what I really want to know. I know he's not tall, but Drew Brees isn't tall. I know he didn't have... I don't remember what else they said about him. But I know he has a cannon. I know that he's got a great arm. Alright, and the last one. Monday night, the Bears and Packers. This game is vital for the Bears in a postseason push. Unfortunately, they don't have Jay Cutler, which means they don't have a win. I think uh, Packers come away with this one at home. There's just not much the Bears can do with that offense without a good quarterback. And the Packers have Aaron Rodgers. I got the Green Bay in this one. I don't care how bad their defense is. All right, those are the picks for the NFL. Let's go to college now with my top five picks. All right, of course we're going to start. I'm going to save this one for last. Uh, Florida State and Miami, I'm going to save that one for last. 
I'm going to go, all right, here we go. Tennessee and Missouri. Missouri obviously just got off a heartbreaking loss. And now they play Tennessee. I don't know what to make of Tennessee, guys, folks. They beat South Carolina, and they get the doors blown off by Alabama. Yet, I think Tennessee is going to win this game, and here's why. There was something to that win over South Carolina, and they almost beat Georgia. Let's not forget that. I think they're good enough to beat Missouri, and I think this quarterback, I don't remember his name, out of Alpharetta High School, he's a freshman, I think there's something something about this kid, and he's going to bust it out. Uh, I think Tennessee's going to win by three. All right, next. Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. All right, Texas Tech was delivered their first loss by Oklahoma last week. I don't think they lose two straight. I don't think Oklahoma State's that good. Uh, Texas Tech's at home. Uh, I believe Texas Tech will come away. Their quarterback, Webb, he's playing pretty good football. He's got 13 touchdowns this year, 1,800 yards. Um, they played good last week. It's just it was a tough loss. I expect Texas Tech to bounce back in that game. All right. How about Michigan and Michigan State? Michigan State has not lost a Big Ten game this year, and this is a um, vital division matchup. I don't know what to make out of these two teams. Devin Gardner has not been the guy I thought he was going to be this year. I thought he was going to be the quarterback that we were going to like to watch. And he really hasn't been. Maybe it's the 98 that he's wearing. Have you seen it? The nine, He's wearing number 98. Looks like an offensive end playing quarterback. Put on number 12, buddy. You look ridiculous. I mean, he's been consistent. But he hasn't been. Wow. 1,700 yards, 13 touchdowns. Uh, hasn't been wow. He hasn't wowed yet. And I'm waiting for him to do that. Maybe he'll do it in the end of this game. I got Michigan over Michigan State. All right. Number four. How about Auburn and Arkansas? I got Auburn in this game. No question at all. And now finally... Miami and Florida State undefeated matchup in Tallahassee. That's the key. Not really because I think they blow them out in Miami anyway. Uh, I think Florida State wins by. I think Florida State wins by twenty, at least. Uh, there's just nothing Miami I think can do to stop the offense that Florida State has. That they just put up so many points. They put up fifty-two on Clemson in the Death Valley. Miami ain't beating that team. Sorry. I don't think the offense can put up, match them. I don't think the offense can match them at all. I think Florida State's defense is just too good. And uh, Miami's offense isn't good enough. Florida State, by 20. And those are my top five picks. Thank you for tuning in today. Great show today. Great topics. Follow us on Twitter at Sports. Listen to us every day on iTunes. This is the J. Helvey Sports Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. World Series tonight.
Send your tweets. World Series predictions. I'll talk about them tomorrow. Um, have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening.